You are listening to the Aitzer Podcast. Let's go. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Aitzer Podcast. We have a beautiful, lovely, special guest today. I can't tell you all how excited I am to have her here. I know I say that every time, but each of these people have been prayed over. Um, I've asked God for guidance, and it's not anything nonchalant when a woman steps up to my table to share her story with you. It's, it's an amazing story. This woman has an incredible platform, multiple platforms, I should say, to help so many people in so many ways. And I'm just really excited for her to be here and share thank a story you. with you. Yeah. Thank you so Are much. you ready to do this? I am. I am. am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, something that I need to know, and we met many years ago. Mm-hmm. We had an incredible conversation. You greatly impacted my life in those 30 minutes we talked. But I didn't even get to hear how you came to know Jesus. And I'd love to know how did you come to know him and what does your walk with him look like? Okay. Thank you. Thanks for asking. This is a story I like to tell. So, awesome. um, so I was um, raised in a home that um, I, my dad was military. My mm-hmm. mom was a stay-at-home mom. So pretty traditional in, environment. Yeah. Um, we went to church, but it was uh, going to church. It was a, a very um, non-impactful in terms okay. of at, at, in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom suffered from pretty severe depression. Oh, wow. And so um, she uh, began to self-medicate with alcohol mm-hmm. and prescription drugs when I was in grade school. Wow. And um, she became suicidal. And so my mm-hmm. father, um, really in an attempt to protect my brother and I, I have an older brother, he's five years older than me, um, he, uh, he filed for divorce and wow. got custody of my brother and I. So this was in the 70s. Mm. And you know, for him to win that and everything, too. Yeah, well, he had her declared unfit, which is a terrible, terrible thing to have to do. Yeah. And it was terrible for her, as you can imagine. Sure. Um, because as, as sick as she was, I know she loved me. Yes. You know, and so, but she was truly very sick. And, you know, in retrospect, you look back and you, you see, as you get older, you see your parents as people. Right. Hopefully. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> that's the goal. Yes. And um, so I, I, my heart is compassionate towards her, mm. you know, because um, she suffered right. significantly. And, and really my father did too. You know, sure. he was doing the best he could. And Especially as military personnel trying to, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. It was very much a bootstraps family. Yes. You know, and so this, this challenge was terrible for my father. Um, but he was raised in a home that he had significant, he lost both of his parents by the time he was 15. So he had no support, you know, he, he was self-made. And so he just couldn't understand why she couldn't get it together. Right. And so it really caused a, just, it was a lot of uh, chaos and Mm -hmm. havoc in our home. And so, um, when she, you know, um, started down this road of really self-destruction, um, he felt like he had to, to do something. And so, um, so she, uh, she moved out of our home, and one year later, um, she uh, took a bottle of Valium and oh, and died. I'm and so, so sorry. Yeah, it mm. was. I was thirteen. I just turned thirteen, mm. and so um, that was obviously pretty devastating to me. Um, I, you know, just didn't have a category to put that in, mm. and there was. Um, there was no faith influence in our in our life. 
there was really nobody, you know. Yeah. And um, in retrospect, when I look back on those days, I think I can't, my life doesn't look anything like that today. Yeah. Um, but I see how people can feel so alone in their sin and their suffering because yeah. if only Jesus mm-hmm. provides the, the context for the community that I get to enjoy every day today right. that I so desperately needed when I was 13 years old because there was nobody showing at my house up at my house with casseroles or wow. compassion or there was nothing there was no one and so it was um, and I felt that aloneness really um, pretty significantly even at 13 sure. you know and so um my father remarried really quickly mm-hmm. and um so that was tumultuous you know i was 13 and a girl and right. i'm sure i was just a peach to live with yes, yes. <laughs> in general all 13 year old girls exactly. are exactly. and then you add in everything i just yes yeah so you know it was kind of a recipe for disaster yes, yes. <laughs> i'm know. imagining Whoa. and visualizing very ugly yes um but um you know i even in retrospect, you know, I could just, I could name so many names of people who were sharing the gospel with me. Mm. Even in third grade, you know, I wow. reconnected with somebody that, that, you know, um, through Facebook that she, she was like, I remember praying for you. you oh know? my goodness. Yeah. And so I'm sure that my brokenness was very evident, you know, yes. um, but you know, in third grade, God heard, heard the prayers of Bethany, you know, and was and taking she, care of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I know that now, you know, I just, it's such a gift that I've been able to, to see that. Mm. And so I went to high school and, you know, my first couple of years of high school were pretty rough because, you know, the people that will readily accept you sometimes are those that, right. you know, they want to to take you all down all kinds of roads. Mm-hmm. And I just willingly walk down them. They don't necessarily have the best intention. Yes. 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 And they're broken and lost right. themselves. And so, you know, I definitely found those connections in um, a lot of ways that were unhealthy and, and significantly broken. And so when I um, entered my junior year of high school, um, uh, a friend of mine that had been really sharing the gospel with me, you know, he invited me to his church and, wow. and I went and it was like, I heard a clear presentation mm. and, you know, I think I'd always believed that God was real, that he was present, but I always had this feeling like he, if he's present, he's probably pretty angry with me yeah. and, you know, certainly not inclined to me. And, um, I'm sure I've disappointed him. You know, and so um, when I I heard the truth about the character of God, then it's like that's a very compelling picture, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, I didn't need convincing that I needed forgiveness for my sin, but I needed convincing about the character of God, and that was the gospel that was presented to me, and it's irresistible. It truly is. I think when the when someone hears that. It's, it is irresistible. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember just feeling enthusiastically, like probably obnoxiously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, it was my life just, it did an about face. And wow. so that was, I was a junior in high school and, you know, there were so many things that God just immediately began convicting me about, you know, that, you know, I needed to 
to walk away from this and I had to lay that down and you know and um, so was it hard for you at that time to lay it down even though you were convinced and you were sold um, you were all God was it hard turning from those things the familiarity yeah yeah you know there was some things that were hard mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking it was um, I, I was so like surprised by his grace wow. and so taken by his grace um and when i say obnoxious i was obnoxious i was that person <laughs> that would be like do you know that you are going to hell you know i mean <laughs> that was you no, I, mean, that was, I mean yeah it's, it was ugly and you know i mean it didn't do well for my family <laughs> sort of hopefully oh, matured no. <laughs> wisdom a little bit since then but um it was like this this new news mm. that I had heard that I thought everybody needs to hear this, you know, and um, sometimes I regret that I've, I've, I've let that soften maybe too much, you know, I hope I haven't, yeah. but, um, there's a way, there's a way in do in the way you yes. do that. But, um, you know, it didn't, for one of the things that, you know, I was dating somebody that it was a, not a, a good relationship. And, um, but I was practically, we were practically like married mm -hmm. and it was terrible. You know, yeah. I would go spend the weekends at his house. I was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. How, you know, where were the adults? Right. Yeah. But anyway, nope. You know? And so when I broke up with him, it was practically like getting a divorce, oh, you know, man. but I didn't, I didn't, I don't remember thinking, should I, shouldn't I? It was like, no, I know what the right thing to do here wow. is. So, but the Lord was also really faithful to bring so many people into my life that discipled me. The person that I prayed with the night that I accepted Christ, she gave me a little book called My Heart, Christ's Home. And I took it home, and she would call me on the phone, mm -hmm. and we would walk through the answers to these questions. So it was like not some dramatic path to discipleship. It was very simple just opening God's word you know discovering what it means to really be someone who follows Jesus and so um it was not it was not that you know uh complicated right you know it really wasn't and and when I look back on it I, I think sometimes we try to complicate things so much more yes we do yeah it can be so simple and I I love I think your story illustrates that well because as soon as you chose him, the Holy Spirit clearly was in you because your desires changed. And that's what's so beautiful about that. Mm -hmm. So beautiful because it's not complicated. Once you choose him, he makes a home inside you and he is going to help guide you. And it's just, you see yes. that with all the choices. You even saying, I knew it wasn't a debate. I had to make a change. Yes. It's yes. amazing. But God did that work. Right. You know, I could right. not have willed that to happen. You know? Yeah. God did that work in mm -hmm. me. And, um. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. That's amazing. So, okay, so how did that, I'm, I'm thinking this radical, drastic change in you, your dad's military, you have a new mom at home, you have an older brother, how did that impact your family? Yeah, my brother had moved out, he was in, the, he went into the military, so he okay. was not there, um, and you know, um, so my stepmother was Mormon. Okay. And she would readily tell me how she just believed everything that I was saying. And okay. so, um, my, and my father had some history, but he struggled to believe that God could forgive him, you mm -hmm. know? And so, um, he, he got to a place where he would be like, you have to stop talking to me about mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And so I really began to just pray for them 
and and try to you know love them you know um I had other people that would help me to try to navigate that and you know it's like try not to be so in your face yeah. <laughs> it's like okay I can right. I can work okay. on that yeah <laughs> yes wow. but um yeah so uh, I went to college um I got involved in a church and I went to college and um, that's where I met my husband and mm -hmm. really grew in my faith because it was a small uh, Christian school, which is exactly where I needed to be. Right. You know, it was just, um, I think back on all the ways that God just affirmed and reaffirmed how he is with me, he is present with me. And that feeling of aloneness is, is not going to characterize my life forever. Mm. You know? So that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so sorry for all of that heartbreak, but what's amazing is seeing God through all of it. And it to for you to even be able to see all the way back in third grade, someone that was praying for you mm -hmm. and see how that came into fruition. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, who are you today? Give us a general idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, uh, Getting on up there in age, so uh, my husband and I will celebrate 40 years of marriage in January. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So, Congrats. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, that in and of itself is is a testament to the, the goodness of God in my life, and I know that. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at a place now. I've raised kids. I have grandkids, and um, so that is very much my, my world. Um, I uh, I went through this process with a friend about five years ago that um, he, it, it's essentially where you kind of examine your life as a whole and you think about, okay. um, so if I were to say my name mm -hmm. is, <laughs> is, is here on this, is put on this earth to bring glory to God by and then you say two th two words, you know. Oh wow! That yeah, okay. It was very uh, enlightening for me. Mm -hmm. So um, my two words, and so this was a very long process to get into this. So okay, but my two words were cultivating belonging. Wow. And so, wow. um, you know. So when I look back on my life, right, I mean, I can see how mm -hmm. God was using the circumstances of my life to bring about that, um, that purpose in my life today. And so I, I get to do a lot of things with my, um, my work life and the things that I enjoy doing that, you know, it's not something I talk about a lot, a lot of people don't even know this about my my journey, but yeah. um, I see so many things through that paradigm of this is what I want to do is cultivate belonging. One of my favorite passages in the scripture is really kind of my life passage is John 1, 12. Uh, to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe on his name. And so um, as someone who has felt like an orphan many times in my mm -hmm. life, um, I am God's child, and that truth has impacted so many different avenues about how I see the world. Because if I can, if I can go back to the 
place of being God's child, it simplifies everything for me personally, for how I see my work, how I see um, the role that I am in. I am um, a pastor's wife, mm -hmm. and as I see every every really every every realm I walk into, if I see myself as the child of God, it just brings simplicity, and mm -hmm. and I am I'm called to help others walk into that belonging of to God. If that makes any sense at all. So. That makes complete sense. That's um, that's an amazing answer to who you are today. And I love that there's a journey. It's not just here I am, but to hear this in-depth process of finding who you are. That's incredible. It was a it was a beautiful gift to me, and I you know I got to do it because I happened to be in the right place at the right time and married to the right person, and so wow. you know um, I was just. I'm so grateful for that journey because it just clarified so many things for me, you know. And, That's um, amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Well, and you've, you've kind of touched on this with some of that and even some with your testimony. And I, I have to say, like, hearing how you're – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back for a second. You said you're here to cultivate belonging. Mm -hmm. And it, what's amazing is here you are on your journey today to cultivate belonging. You look back at your story and everything that brought you to that, it all connects. It does. It makes complete sense. And yeah. again, I hate that you had to go through all that. But look, you choosing to follow God and how he's working through you and what you're doing to touch so many other people to help them see they're a child of God. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that that is the, the journey that, because mm -hmm. I haven't forgotten what that felt like. Right. So when I meet someone, you know, and I, the work that I do mm -hmm. um, puts me really right in the presence of people who feel very alone. Right. And so um, I just think that that is the, that's how God works. I mean, God mm -hmm. says in Corinthians about he comforts us with the comfort that we're to comfort others with. Yes. Well, I'm going to ask you to go a little further then. You yeah. mentioned your pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. um, and. There's some other things that I know a little bit about you that you've touched on. Tell me how you've been called to be an answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm like, where is she going to go? There's so many ways. You, and you can go yeah. into all of them. However, because yeah. it's, it's a, oh, man. Okay, yeah. so tell yeah. me, how has God called you to be an answer? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I think that um, because... For one thing, mm -hmm. ignorance is bliss. And yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when um, when I married my husband, I knew he was going to be a pa be a pastor. But not having grown up in church, I had zero idea our concept of what that meant. What you were about to get into, yeah. <laughs> had no idea. And you know, I think in some ways that's a gift to me mm -hmm. because. I, I meet with a lot of pastors' wives that they either have a picture in their head or they have a person that they've compared to, mm. and that can be so detrimental. And I, I didn't have that. Wow. So um, I am just exceedingly grateful for the, the, the first ministry uh, situation that we were in was one that was full of grace. And... Um, there was very much, I mean, I, I'd been a Christian two years. Wow. 
And, you know, so it's like, golly, you know, if the expectations had been high, I would have been in a world of hurt, you know? And so the Lord was just, (laughs) so they, they saw me for who I was. They didn't expect more out of me than I could, but they walked with me. There were so many people that just, they, you know, even though I was quote unquote, a leader, Mm -hmm. um, people just were gracious to me and I am so grateful for that because I learned so much. I was put in the put in this environment with people who had been Christians a lot longer, faithful women who loved Jesus and they loved their families and they they prayed and they they sought the Lord mm-hmm. and I got to witness it up close and personal. And you know, I think I've often thought, I know ministry can be tough. Yes, it can be hard. There's there's so many things that go into all of that. But for me, I feel like the Lord just, he allowed me to be in the presence of so many good and godly women just by virtue of my context had nothing to do with anything I was doing. I just got thrown into it, but I got to learn. And I would have never had that experience had I not married who I married. Mm -hmm. And so I am exceedingly grateful for that, you know. And that's something that's such a gift when you have a community of those women who have just been faithfully and steadfast following God with all of their heart for so many years. All the wisdom you learn, the discernment, the guidance, it's such a gift. Like you said, it's such a gift. It is. And it wasn't this formalized, you know, we didn't like, they didn't say, okay, here's what I'm teaching. I mean, you know, they we just need to mentor you. Just, honey. Exactly. <laughs> that word was never used. Yeah. But they did, but they did, but they did. And it was like, by walking with you, like you said, they walked with you. Showed up at my house, you know, mm. and yes, I mean, just, yes, served me and my family and just, you know, or would come hang out with me and the kids or, you know, and it was just, yeah, it was very uh, organic and I'm organic girl. So I'm like, it's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I do things too, probably because that's how what was done with me, mm-hmm. but I'm just ex- so grateful for that. And, um, so, well, being called to be a pastor's wife in and in itself, I do not have the experience of a friend who is, mm-hmm. and then you can imagine as you get involved in a church, you see everything yeah. that y'all are involved in, everything yeah, I, we can't we can't under we can't fully understand, yeah. but that alone in itself is a huge role, a burden, a gift. Yeah, yeah, and you know this is where I go back to. Um, there is no pastor's wife role in the Bible, which thank right. God for that. Right, you know, so I don't have to you compare. Know, I have to compare. Right, and um, so this is where I this is where I go back to. I am. I'm a daughter Hmm. and I'm a sister and now I'm an aunt and a mother and a grandmother, you know, in the body. And really that is the biblical picture. Yes. And so, um, that allows me to, you know, um, when, when I get the, well, you're the pastor's wife, so blah, 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 you know, um, I'm not always going to correct the person who's saying that. Um, so I have grown since I was 16 or 17, mm-hmm. but I, um, I can correct it in my mind. Yes. And so, and it's okay. Yes. You know, it's, it's fine. I, I am, I'm a daughter and I'm going to relate to you like a sister. Mm. 
I'm going to relate to you like maybe a mother or a grandmother or an aunt or, you know, whatever. But I'm um, just because that is the role that you see me as, um, I can I can overlook that if I have to. And, you know, it's, it's a role that is, um, it's transient. I'm not always going to be a pastor's wife. No. But that's it. And that, like you said, and I love that because people do put people in categories and we mm-hmm. classify each other and we say, this is who you are and this is right. who you are. Something I've loved to do is when I meet people, you're so accustomed to say, well, what do you do? Or, uh-huh. you know, I don't even put my profession out there anymore because that's not me. That's something on the Good side. And it's just, it's, <laughs> yes. it's on the side. It is. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm a daughter. And right. that's where my identity after being found in God. That's who I am. Right. And there's so much. I just think that I love that. I love that you see the world like Mm -hmm. that, you know, and I I try to help others who, you know, my close friends don't introduce me as the pastor's wife, you know. See, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's like when somebody does, I have to. Like, okay. It's like, do you feel a little cringe? Like, that's not who I am. I I, I feel a lot of cringe. Can you hop out, Desi? Is the movie still going? No? Yeah. Can you go finish Luca? You got your bag? Do you have your cars? I'm so glad that you don't identify as that as well, that you're a daughter. That, that speaks volumes. And that says so much about your identity and your testimony and who you are and who you see yourself as. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's taken many years to get there, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Um, and, and it's something I still struggle with. I mean, I, I think that our identity is the thing that all of us really struggle with yes. is, you know, walking into truly who we are. Yes. And, um, but that has been a, um, huge, the cultivating belonging mm-hmm. part of the journey when that, um, that really became clear for me. It, it helped me to, uh, to really solidify that and to, um, to just begin to really only define myself as a daughter. And that, you know, that affects how I pray. Mm -hmm. That affects, um, and when I think about helping other people, being an Aetzer, I think, um, I think the ditch that we can fall into is either, um, I'm going to boundary all of the people out that need help because it's inconvenient and messy, or I'm going to try to fix all of the people that Mm -hmm. need fixing. And so being a fixer and being a, uh, and Acer are two very, very different things. Yes. And um, for me, that is probably the thing that has been um, most impactful to realize that my my relationship both to my husband, to my children, the grandchildren, the uh, my church, the people that I interact with, is that the only thing I can do and the best thing I can do is to point them to Jesus. Mm. And sometimes that means, thank you. I, yeah, I can only pray with you and for you because I don't have any answers to what's, what's before you. Yeah. I have no answers to that. But that's okay. Cause it, I mean, the I'm Bible tells us yes. he's going to intervene when we yes. don't know what to say, when we don't know what to do, he's going to intervene within us. And that's, Prayer, sometimes I feel helpless when all I can do, but then I know, you know what? The Holy Spirit's here, and yes. God's got this. We're giving it to Him. And that's yes. the most powerful thing you can do. When I became a Christian, uh, I'd been a Christian about a year, and I remember going to my student pastor, and I, I told him, I feel called to ministry. I, and, you know, I didn't know other women wow. that were. 
and you know, he was like, okay, you know, <laughs> run along, you know. <laughs> like, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it, I think he thought it was cute too. It's just like, yeah, I got nothing for you. I don't know what to tell you. But, um, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, um, I was a social work. You know, I, I, that's what I went into college to do. Wow. And so, I mean, and so the world that I live in now is very much tied to that mm-hmm. in the church. And so um, I uh, I don't, I can totally see how that was all a part of the plan, right. you know, but um, uh, at the time I didn't know what that okay. meant. So I've always felt like this, I, I had a calling on my life too. And I've often said, if my husband wasn't in ministry, I would still be doing right. what I'm doing. right. Which leads me, and I'm excited to get into, <laughs> yeah. you brought up the pastor's wife. That's why I went there. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm excited to hear about is there's a ministry that you have a big part in. And I'd like to hear about that and hear how you're an eighzer in that role. Um, if you don't mind sharing with me. I would be happy okay. to do that. So um, one of the, the roles that I serve at my church, it puts me in the in the path of people who are struggling financially right mm-hmm. and so there is um there's a host of really great ministries that walk alongside people who are in difficult places in our community and christ-centered godly ministries that are seeking to to do the work of the kingdom um and you know i think the church and nonprofits have such potential to work well with one another and it's not always been the case but i you know one of my goals is to see that happen more readily Mm -hmm. right right so um about probably about 10 years ago um i was exposed to a group in the city uh, in houston that does um really identifies christ-centered nonprofits, and these nonprofits um uh, get together with these uh, business people in the community and these business people will listen to a presentation by the nonprofit and the nonprofit also submits a list of needs, um, a list of ways that business people can be involved in the actual ministry of this nonprofit. For instance, I, I went yesterday and there's a nonprofit in Galveston who works with a clientele that struggles sometimes with identifying um, when some of their their um, their landlords are not treating them fairly, mm. but you know, oftentimes people who are under resourced feel invisible, right? And people don't listen to them. Yes, and they don't have a lot of personal power, mm. which is very wrong yes. and unjust. Yeah. And so the person that was sitting next to me at this meeting said, I just happen to be really experienced and knowledgeable in that world. And I can go help that nonprofit navigate this area and their clients and help them, you know, wow, incredible. do that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's brokering the, the needs of these nonprofits with the, the expertise, the network, the context that these business people have. Yes. It's putting them in the same room and saying, how can we work together? And it is a no, no-brainer, mm-hmm. I mean, but it has been super impactful for me. I'm not a business person, but I know lots of business people that have huge hearts, huge willingness to, to do things. They just don't know what to do. Right. And so these nonprofits say, here's what we need, and these business people say, 
Well, I can certainly I can do that. take care of that. Yeah. Wow. So it is, um, there's so much out there that we don't tap into. And this is just one of the ways, it's a small way, but it's one of the ways that we get to do that. And it just, it's so exciting and fun. So, well, I think what's so beautiful about that, and it mirrors what God calls us to do, is it's taking the church outside of the church walls. Yes. This is something I see so often there's a church, an amazing church, amazing, godly people, faithful people in the church, but they won't step outside for many reasons, for many reasons. But we have to, that's what we're called to do. We're not called to stay within and just build that community. We're called to go out. Yes. Be fishers of men. That's right. Meet people's needs. And that's amazing. Yes. That's so amazing. Be the light in the world. Yes. And I think that there are a lot of people that sit in the pews on Sunday mornings and they're not going to teach a Sunday school class. They're not going to go, you know, they're not going to fill in the blank of all of the the things that the church does. The typical things that you, yes. Yeah. And and that's, they're just not going to do those things. But they will make some phone calls Mm -hmm. to the contacts that they know, and they will, you know, I mean, the list is forever. And so, I mean, I've just seen it happen over and over and over again. And then you have these business people that get this kingdom mindset that they've never seen, they've never had before. And they see that, you know, they see that the things that they've been given, they've been given to give away. And... So it's just a beautiful thing to behold. So, And you know, it's in a different take. I know my upbringing, when you think of missionaries, it's always you have to go to another country and live a different lifestyle. And that is 100% part of it. But we can be a missionary to our next door neighbor. We can be a missionary to someone down the street. And this is what you're doing as well. Yeah. It's right. tying all of these lives that would, these paths that would never cross, right. helping them across and changing them both sides of the table forever yes i mean it's life-giving it is it is wow. very life-giving and I'm, I'm grateful to get to be a part of it just to get to see it but you know it's when i think about being an answer i think about this is this is my role to help people you know the nonprofits, they're easy to help i mean you know i can i could spend all day long doing that but when i can share that vision with a business person in our community or a leader in our community, help them help. Mm-hmm. It, it's more exponential in my mind. Sure. So, and then you think about within that business office, how that trickles down to, and they share, Hey, this is something we're working on. This is what we're wanting to do. All the more lives in that business that are changed. Yes. And you know, that seed is planted. Yes. That's, and that's where we see that happen. We definitely see that happen. So it's been really good. Another good thing about it is that all of these nonprofits are all in the room together. The executive directors of these nonprofits, they're making connections with one another. And so they don't feel so alone either, you know. So it has been a huge community boosting kind of thing um, environment. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Well, I'm just thrilled to get to have a seat on this bus. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think everybody's thrilled. You have a seat on this bus. That's an amazing story. Um, you've touched on some of it. Your role of being an Aetzer is everywhere, but right now in this ministry. Um, what about other Aetzers? And you've, again, you've kind of touched on that. What are or who were other Aetzers in your life and how did they impact you? How did they point you to Jesus? Oh, wow. Well, I, you know, I can, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, from, from, uh, Glenna, who called me weekly, mm. you know, 
uh, as a 16-year-old kid that came to know Christ to, you know, Pat, who taught me how to pray, and Adalpha, who taught me how to share Christ, who would walk through, you know, uh, the field to come over to the church and we would go out and witness to people and um, she had such bad arthritis in her knees that she could hardly walk but you know we would go out every Tuesday night and share Christ with people door to door but you know I mean those are the ex- experiences of women you know Florence and Betty and all of these women really taught me how to how to pray how to share my faith how to love my husband you know, when I was in my early 20s, and then, you know, Lisa and Denise, and, you know, there's so many different So many, people. you can't name them all. Yeah, I mean, that um, really were impactful in um, just helping me navigate how to, how to walk with people, how to walk with my own family, um, you know, anybody that lets you get up close to them is such a gift. Yeah. It's just such a gift and yes. th- that you can learn from. Um, you know, I, there's a, a woman in my life today that is in her mid-70s, approaching 80. And you know, she's, I've watched her as she cared for her husband who uh, had a uh, debilitating illness for, and for about seven years. Oh. And so um, she served with me for a period of time in the ministry that I served with and then had to get out because she was taking care of her husband. So I watched that up close and personal. And then now she's back serving with me. And she, I mean, I, I would only hope to have the kind of energy and Mm -hmm. the bandwidth that she has. I've just watched her, you know, um, and you know, not a fixer, you know, very much a, you know, let's, let's be a co-laborer here, you know, and that's really what God calls us to do. We are co-laborers. You know, I, I think I, we all have such high expectations of really what we can do to help somebody. Um, but the most important thing that we do is pray with them, pray for them, walk with them, you know, and um, see what God's doing. Uh, a, a really a close friend of mine that, you know, said to me one time, and I know I've heard this, it's in God's Word, it's, you know, is one of those things, God's revelational. But she just said to me one time, God is always working. That's what Jesus said. My Father is always working. And I thought, I have said that to myself no less than a thousand times. He is always working. Because we tend to, gosh, we despair or we, we lose heart, we lose faith. And um, so I just encourage my heart, my own heart, with that. You know, mm-hmm. He is always working. Thank you. Thank you. Your story, the way you respond to God, Him working through you, it's encouraging. It is. It's a, it's a light. It's, it's, you're shining. You're pointing us back to Jesus. Thank you for everything you're doing. Well, thank and thank you. you for being open about it. Well, I appreciate you asking the questions. Yes. <laughs> it was very hard, let me tell you. <laughs> would you mind praying us out? Um, I would be happy to. Father, what a gift to uh, sit together and talk about your goodness, to recount your work. Thank you, Lord, for this space to be able to do that, for the opportunity. Thank you, Father, for uh, the women who are doing this, this podcast and for the ways that you are at work in and through them. I pray, Father, for continued um, 
just uh, openness and transparency to your work. I pray for those that will continue to um, sit in this chair and share your goodness, to share how you're at work. I thank you, Father, for um, your mercy, for your forgiveness, for the fact that you have made us your daughters. And Father, for those that are listening that may feel like um, you are, are not present or that you are not good, I pray that um, you would do that work of convincing, that work of revelation, that work of um, opening hearts and minds and eyes to see your goodness. And Father, I just thank you for um, the way that you are at work in each of our lives. And I pray that you would just continue to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So until next time, all you have is this very moment. We're not promised tomorrow. What will you do with your moment? Are you with us? Are you an Aetzer? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that others can find the show too. We're so excited you're here and thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Aetzer Podcast.